Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing. Make your own at hostfully.com slash pad. And as a special for Get Paid for Your Pad listeners, you'll get a free guidebook consultation after you make your guidebook. Welcome everybody to this week's news episodes. We're going to discuss everything that's been happening in the world of Airbnb in the in the last week. And today I'm honored to have as a guest on the show, Nicole Williams, who is the Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at Hostfully. So Nicole, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jasper. I'm excited to be talking with you this morning or this afternoon. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I understand uh, you are a Airbnb host yourself. Yes, uh, about four and a half years. I have been hosting through a remote home. Yes. Awesome. Great. And how's that been going? Great. Uh, we've had high occupancy and we've met wonderful people. It's been a great experience for us. The home is local, so we're able to pop in here and there and sometimes meet the guests. And um, it's been a great experience. Very cool. Well, let's let's jump right into the most important news stories of this week. And I think the there's one story that really stands out because Airbnb's Chip Conley, the uh, global head of hospitality and strategy, uh, has decided to step down. And I think he's still going to be involved in, with Airbnb, but in a much smaller role. Right. It sounds like he's going to be an advisor that he's left his um, footprint on Airbnb and will always be a part of it is uh, what it sounds like. You know, I guess not so surprising. They just did this huge launch at Airbnb Open, which you probably saw him speak there as well. He said Trips was his baby. He was very excited to launch it. He'd been working hard on the project for many years. And yeah, he's kind of a thought leader in the industry. It's not surprising that he wants to, you know, pull back a little and not be, have this be a, you know, 70 hour a week position. Were you surprised? I, I was kind of a little bit surprised because for me, Chip is such a big part of Airbnb. Uh, I think, uh, you know, in 2013, when he started his role, um, Airbnb, for the first time, realized that they weren't really a, a technology platform. Their product wasn't a platform, but it was more a hospitality, right? They, they realized that hosts were the, is, is the product of Airbnb. And, uh, and that's why they hired Chip Conley to work on, you know, educating hosts and having more of the hospitality as a, as a focus. And, you know, I've, I've met him uh, several times. I, I've actually interviewed him on this podcast in episode 24. And that's uh, almost two years ago. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I didn't really think about uh, think about it, but it's. It just to me, it seems like a, a big loss for Airbnb. 
Yeah. I mean, if he was stepping away completely, I think it would be. And looking at the hosts and the guest perspective and Airbnb, yeah, maybe it's a, it will be tough for them. Putting yourself into his shoes and seeing what he's done. You know, he's an author. He's had, he's written four books. Um, I looked on Twitter. He's been in Sweden speaking um, at the Nordic Business Forum this past weekend, you know, about disruption and how to keep the momentum going. Yeah, he's this event. They had Al Gore, Ariana Huffington, Richard Branson. So I, I see like him thinking of himself as a thought leader in the space. He's also, you know, on a few board of directors. So to do all of that, and uh, it's hard to do a, a big job at Airbnb and hold that title and do it successfully. I mean, it, he has been successful spending in as much time as he has there. But, you know, he's not gone. He's he's going to be an advisor, and I'm sure he's vested in the company. He has an interest there. So he'll definitely be outspoken, I, I imagine, and making sure that Trips is successful. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, it's going to be hard to find a replacement for him, given his his, uh, his experience also with his yeah. hotel brand, Zwaar de Vivre, which he right. uh, I think he he sold it uh, before he joined Airbnb, but it was a uh, unique boutique hotel chain that he started in uh, 1987 when he was only 26 years old, and I think he built it into a brand with uh, over 50 hotels. You know, so right. all the things that you mentioned, it's going to be pretty hard to find uh, a replacement that sort of matches his, you know, his level of experience and also his, the vision that he brought as well, I think. I, I completely agree with you. I was kind of brainstorming who would replace him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll create a new title and maybe they won't even replace him at all. Those are big feet to fill, <laughs> big shoes to fill. <laughs> so um, I'm not sure how they, they will do that, but... You know, it'll be interesting to watch. They're going to need somebody to look after hospitality because that's the direction that they've decided to head. So they will need yeah. somebody overseeing hospitality. Yeah, and they need somebody to uh, organize the next Airbnb open as well. So yes, this is true. Right. <laughs> right, absolutely. Awesome. That was well, also, yeah, he's big on festivals and, and conferences. So uh, yeah. I'm sure we would see him speak, though, again. I, I mean, that's where he is comfortable on stage. So absolutely. Yeah. I've met him uh, several times and uh, I've always, uh, he's a, he's a really cool guy, you know, other than all his accomplishments, mm -hmm. it seems like he's, he's not walking uh, next to his shoes as we say in Holland. Yeah. And he's always stayed like a really approachable, normal, uh, you know, normal guy and then uh, responding to emails and stuff like that. It's not so hard to get a hold of as, uh, as some of the other people within Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it seems like he wants to give back. I mean, he has been so successful and he wants to share that now. Being on the boards of, I think he's on Burning Man Project, which is um, has a philanthropic angle there in San Francisco. And then I know he's with Fest 300 or Everfest. And so those are boards where he can teach and give back and, you know, help the new generation coming in for hospitality. So it doesn't surprise me that he's accessible. That's, that's good to hear. Well, uh, if he's listening, I wish him all the best, uh, on his yeah, future endeavors. And I think he did a, I think he did a really great job. So, uh, let's yeah, move on to the next 
article that we'll be discussing. And that will be a, an article in the New York Times. And I'm very happy and proud to discuss this article because I'm, I was actually mentioned in the article. It's a reporter who yeah. wrote uh, The Guide on Being an Airbnb Super Host. And he gives some really good advice in the article. But also, he starts off with a pretty interesting story about one of his own Airbnb experiences. Do you, do you want to comment right. on that? Yeah. yeah. Well, first of all, congratulations on being quoted in the New York Times. Fantastic job, Jasper. That's amazing. That's great. And the the story is, you know, we've all had this. I well, as hosts, we've had something unexpected, maybe not something as big as this. But basically, he had rented his house out for the weekend to um, a small group. And it turned out that they all arrived. Uh, rental companies were showing up and more guests. And there was actually a wedding that was happening, unbeknownst to him. However, he has wonderful neighbors who were able to text him and give him updates and also take pictures. Did you read like, that's how he was actually able to get some of the uh, deposit back, I believe it was, because his neighbors had taken pictures of these guests arriving. But wow, to find out that there's a wedding going on at your house when you just thought there was going to be a small group getting together. Yeah, that's pretty shocking. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been fortunate enough uh, to never really experience uh, a lot of issues with my guests. Uh-huh. Knock, knock on wood, but um, but yeah, it's uh, but there's a, there's a lesson in there, uh, as you mentioned, that uh, if 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 you do have any issues with your guests, always have as much evidence as possible, and, and you know uh, immediately contact Airbnb. That way, you have the best chance of uh, of getting it resolved. Correct. Yes. Yes. And he is a super host, and you're a super host. Right. Um, yeah. He which is, is uh, basically what the article is about, right? Right. Yeah. So you know, being a super host, it's it's a uh, it's fairly tough to get the status. It's uh, I read there's only seven percent of people who are a super host. Now I know how hard it is to get it because I actually lost my own super host status at some point when I, after I raised prices for my apartment because uh, you know the more you charge, the the bigger that people are. Mm-hmm. Now, understandably, if you go if you stay at Four Seasons, you expect something different than if you stay in a hostel. But, um, especially if you're remote hosting, you're not meeting your your guests. It's really tough to get the super host status. You have to get 80% or higher five-star reviews. So for every five reviews that you get, you have to get four five-star reviews. So if in you know if in two out of five stays there's there's some minor issue which uh, makes your guest give you a four star review then you know you're then you're already short of it because then you're at sixty percent so it's 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 definitely right. tough I'm I'm very happy that I I got it back I I really put a lot of effort into it but he provides some uh, some good advice in the article uh, on on how to become a super host uh, he mentions uh, hospitality so he mentions that. You know, it's it's very different. You're not just providing accommodation; you're providing uh, an an experience. Uh, everything should be as advertised. You know, the the place should be really clean. You should provide a lot of amenities for your for your guests, like like clean towels, plenty of sheets. He mentions uh, you know soap for bathing, toothpaste, toilet paper, etc. There's some good stuff in there. Right. And also just transparency. I remember, you know, going back to Chip Conley just briefly at Airbnb Open when he was speaking, he said that, you know, it's nice to include at the top, like three things that guests love about your property, about your listing, and two things that they're not so crazy about. And that tells people right off the bat that you're being honest and transparent and open. And that's really what forms the relationship 
of trust, which is what Airbnb is pretty much based on. You want the guests to be able to trust you and you try and form that trust from the first communication, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, the way I always describe, if you were to ask me, how do you become a super house? How do you get five-star reviews? If I have to summarize it in one sentence, I'd say it is under promise and over deliver. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. You know, for us, uh, we haven't, my husband and I, we are both the hosts. We haven't reached the super host status. It's been the missing, or the missing link has been the five-star reviews, everything else we've, we've hit. And I think we are very responsive. We are, we, the communication, uh, the lines of communication are always open. We are unable to meet, I would say, most of our hosts, 90%, I mean, of our guests, 90% of our guests in person because it's a remote property. So we haven't been able to form the, the tight in-person relationships, but we try and do that through always being available through communication. So, you know, messaging and stuff like that. But I think that that helps with us keeping our house constantly booked yep. and getting the reviews that we do have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And some of the other things that he mentioned is, um, you know, I think that being honest is very important point, by the way. I, I, for example, my neighborhood is a little bit noisy because there's a lot of stuff going on. So I specifically mentioned that in my listing uh, that, you know, if you're a light sleeper or if you don't like to be in a noisy area, then you probably shouldn't stay at my place. And uh, I absolutely agree. It creates trust. And, and that's what it's all about. Um, there's a few other things I was going to mention. Uh, solve problems quickly. So I think that's an important thing. And also, if there is a problem, you need to know about it, right? So you need to mm -hmm. ask your guests after they stayed one night, because usually, you know, the, the sleeping is really important, right? So mm -hmm. after they had one night of sleep, like check in with your guests and ask them, hey, is everything okay? The author of the article, Brian, he mentions that. He once got a, a four-star review or a three-star review, even though the the guests uh, you know didn't complain or they they didn't mention that there was anything wrong. But that's the thing: like guests don't always provide you with that feedback, right? They don't want they don't feel like they want to complain about little things, but then they'll right. still give you a four-star review. So it's really important to reach out to your guests during their stay and double check with them and let them know if there's anything subpar. Please let me know so I can do something about it. Correct. Yeah. And I also, we have a standard message that goes out as soon as they check out saying that we hope they had a wonderful stay, even if we, whether we've communicated them, with them throughout or not. And then we tell them that we would appreciate their review. And if there's anything they might suggest, if they could leave it in the private area, because we read all of those and we really take them to heart. And actually, since we've been doing that, they don't write everything in the actual public review. And if they tell us, you know, since we're not there at the property, and this applies to many, because I think there's like two thirds of Airbnb um, uh, listings are not in the home anymore. They're remote properties. So maybe suggest to them to write it in the private area and you're, you'll say you're on top of it. So, and we do, we have somebody go down there and we'll take care of the issues if there is anything right away, whether it's, you know, sheets that need to be replaced or there's a small leak, whatever it may be. Absolutely. Host, I can't emphasize how important it is to share recommendations of things to do or eat near your listing beforehand. Your guests won't have to go through TripAdvisor, Foursquare or Yelp. They won't have to scratch their head and think about possible places right in the moment. I've been using Hostfully to create an online and printable guidebook to show my guests my favorite coffee places in Amsterdam. 
they use my recommendations and I'm getting fewer questions from my guests as a result. I've also included screenshots of my guidebook on my Airbnb listing as a way to differentiate my listing from others. So make your own guidebook at hostly.com slash pad. Last point that I want to mention is uh, about cleansiness. And I think cleansiness is, is still uh, being underestimated in the, in the Airbnb niche. Uh, I think it's the number one complaint in the hospitality uh, industry from, uh, from guests. So including hotels and all sorts of different accommodation. And it's really tricky. Um, the, the cleaning list, you know, I, I actually had, I get a few, uh, complaints every now and then about my place and, you know, that's, I don't really know what to do about it because my, I think my cleaning lady doesn't, does a really good job. She cleans hotels as well. So she knows the standards, mm-hmm. but, but sometimes you know, it's, it's pretty hard to get your house completely spotless and, you know, even one little hair in the shower or the bed yeah. could ruin it. Right. Right. So what are, right, you, what are your right. thoughts? Or one little cobweb that was overlooked, you know, um, we have trees all around our house. So yes, there are insects outside and they will make their way inside. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what to do about that. There are different standards of cleanliness. And when you have guests coming from around the world, and also just, you know, their lifestyle, do they have children? Do they not have children? You know, do they live alone? And maybe everything's sterile. And, and, you know, it's just that is difficult. And you're right, it's underestimated. Um, It's fantastic that you have a cleaner who actually cleans in hotels, too. But you know, hotel guests have complaints about cleanliness too. So it's not it's not just Airbnb exclusive. <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Yeah, it's not it's not so much um, the actual cleanliness. It's more the perception that the guests have, right? Because mm-hmm. because if there's you know, for example, uh, I think I mentioned this before, but recently I, I learned about an Airbnb host who who puts a little sticker on the on the toilet rolls just to show that they're they're completely brand new. Mm-hmm. Right, because just the thought the toilet could be completely clean, but just the thought that someone you know somebody else you know was using that toilet like a few hours ago or earlier that day or even yesterday is not a thought that you really want to have. Right, right, yeah, it's all perception, right? It's all perception. Perception is reality. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's move on to the next article, and this is about Santa Monica, which is one of the toughest places to be an Airbnb host in the world, I think. Yeah. yeah, they have been tough. They're so protective of affordable housing in Santa Monica is what I'm guessing because as we were reading, they, I think last year made $51 million in revenue from uh, the hotel tax and they have places to do for business travel. They have the convention center and they have these huge hotels. So they're making money from these large groups coming in. What's a host here and there or a guest here and there in a small place going to, how's that going to affect them? But I think it comes down to, they've always protected affordable housing. They have rent control that has lasted throughout the ages and they don't want they they want to protect everything there is what I'm guessing. What I mean, what did you think reading the, how they're making this this law even stricter? Yeah. So well, first of all, let's look at the actual uh, article. So it says public registration required for homeowners providing short term rentals. So basically, what it means is you have to register with the city if you want to be an Airbnb host. And well, you can only be an Airbnb host if you rent out a room or 
part of your house. You have to actually be living in the house and be there while your Correct. guests are visiting. You're, you're not allowed to do anything remotely. But if you do, then you also have to register now with the city and it's a public registry. So anyone could look into the, the registry and figure out, you know, who's an Airbnb host. So they're so, trying to dissuade, dissuade people from hosting. I mean, basically, yeah, everything, everything they do in Santa Monica just communicates one thing. And that, that is, we don't want people to do Airbnb. And I don't know why, because, you know, it, the article also mentions the tax revenue because Airbnb collects the taxes on behalf of the hosts for the, the, the city, right? And, mm -hmm. and, you know, it, it was $1.8 million versus 51 from the hotels. So mm -hmm. it's, it's only, it's only a few percent of, let's say about 3% of what the hotel uh, industry is making. So it's a very small, it's a very small niche. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're now they're expecting it to drop to 1.3 million. So basically that means that they're expecting that uh, the amount of uh, number of nights being hosted on Airbnb is going to drop by about 30%. Yeah, I just think, and, and I think this is overall in, in a lot of cities where the houses are expensive, you know, for example, in Amsterdam, it's the same thing. You know, house prices have been going up for, for 20, 30 years and rents have been going up when we have a rent, a lot of rent control. And so the places that aren't under rent control, there's fewer of them. So those prices are going up like really fast. But mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think Airbnb is just kind of the scapegoat here because, you know, people are saying, Oh, the, the prices are going up because of Airbnb. But I mean, prices have been going up for a long time, way before Airbnb even existed. And given, uh, how, uh, how small Airbnb really is, com if you compare it to amount of houses and the amount of hotel rooms, et cetera, then it's, it's not, not even such a big player. So I, I what I think is that they just need a, they want a scapegoat. Right, right. There's not been one good independent study showing that Airbnb causes rents to go up within areas. I mean, there just hasn't been. Airbnb conducted a study saying that they don't, but that, you know, there's not an independent study out there. And, you know, I've also read that some renters are using Airbnb to help pay the rent. So they're renting out a room in their home or apartment where they're renting so that they can actually meet the rent. So maybe there's just an affordable housing crisis going on. It uh, has nothing to do with Airbnb, but it's easy to, to blame them. Um, yeah. You know, Airbnb is actually helped a lot of cities because where there are neighborhoods where there are no hotels, you're getting foot traffic from tourists who have more money to spend or willing to spend it at that time. And those businesses are getting um, more revenue at that from these different tourists that would not normally go into those neighborhoods where they're able to stay now in a home. So I, I think there's some good out there and the cities need to look at that. I, I don't think Santa Monica will. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of good things about uh, Airbnb. It's uh, it's using space in a more efficient way, right? It's it's right. especially if there's a shortage of housing. It's good that when you're away and when you're on holiday or you're you're traveling, that you can rent out your place so that the space is being used while you're away. I mean, you mm -hmm. know, fundamentally, there's it's only good. But uh, I think what happens is that you know, whenever there's something new, there's always people who who somehow have negative effects, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, whenever the status quo changes, there's always, there's always winners and losers. And, you know, as the total to net, that could be a huge gain, but those people who are, who are uh, being affected negatively, they obviously, they, they're not going to like it. Right. And so, mm -hmm. 
I guess the hotel lobby must be pretty strong in, in Santa Monica as well. I, I can only imagine. Yeah, so that might absolutely. that might be part of it as well. And I mean, it is it is true. Like house prices and and rents are pretty crazy in Santa Monica. I was I was just there, you know, during the, the Airbnb open uh, in November. I I have a lot of friends in Santa Monica, and I really like hanging out there. So. I, I stayed there for like a week or so and it's, yeah, it's an expensive area. I mean, uh, yeah. I did not want to. All of West LA. Yeah. It's very expensive. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was not fun looking at my credit card statement after, <laughs> uh, after just a week. No, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I understand yeah. that people, you know, people are concerned about the, the, the rents and the, and the house prices. I just don't think that the Airbnb is such a big influence. Yeah, I agree. It's all over California. If you look up and down the coast, anytime you're trying to get close to the ocean, it's going to be high, whether you're buying or renting. But how funny was it that reading the article, one of the city council members had to abstain from voting because her um, husband works for the law firm that is representing Airbnb in their lawsuit against Santa Monica for this entire ordinance. <laughs> I just thought that was quite ironic and brought a little comedy to the whole story. <laughs> That's pretty funny, yeah, because Airbnb actually sued the city of Santa Monica, right? They're argu right, right. arguing That's that true. it was um, that it was unlawful. against, yeah, unlawful. They were saying that it's uh, disclosing the information violates the Fourth Amendment. Right, right. And then they threw in the First and the Fourteenth Amendment too, you know, freedom of speech. And they just, yeah, they're, they're, we'll see what happens with that. It's interesting to watch what, what will happen with that. Yeah, they kind of threw in everything there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, there's uh, some uh, interesting stuff going on in the in the world of Airbnb again. Uh, Nicole, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show and discussing this with me. It was a, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much, Jasper. Thanks for having me. I hope to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I'll be doing this uh, every week and uh, always uh, going to invite somebody, some one of the team members of Hostly to get uh, a different perspective every week. It's always a good thing. So uh, every Thursday, this episode is being published on Friday because there is a uh, national holiday on Monday, and uh, my editor needs a few days to uh, to make sure the the podcast comes out uh, as as good it, as it can be. But uh, every Thursday <laughs> there will be one of these episodes. So um, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for Nicole for coming on, and uh, I'll be back uh, next week. Airbnb hosts in the US who want to maximize their profit, pay attention. Because Everbooked can help you do this. Everbooked provides nightly optimized pricing, a comparison tool that shows you where your competition is at, and a market reports tool that gives you the bigger picture and tells you where the best places are to invest. Sign up now for Everbooked and use code GPFYP to get the first three months for free. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your 